one. This is uh, Mattis from Vulture. Uh, welcome to Interview Under Fire. All right, what is up, guys? Welcome again to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny. This time, along with Mathis Outlaw. I mean, there's not a better name to have an introduction for something like this. Uh, it's an honor. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, Mathis, um, this is an exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at Vulture with the release of your third studio album, Deal and Death, drops May 21st on Metal Blade. Now, I just want to say, you know, first things first. I want to commend you guys and all the well-deserved rec- uh, rec- recognition it's been getting so far, all the reactions, the headbanging single that dropped, Malicious Souls, plenty of amazing things to unravel about this album. But before we get to all that and beyond, we talked about it before the interview started, just like I do with all my guests. I'm going to ask a very important question to start things off here. Uh, how are you, man? You know, how's life in Germany? Um, I know we it's it's a year removed from the whole live concert experience, but, you know, I think it's an important one to ask, you know, how's it been? How how have you been doing? I think we've been uh, doing quite well um, because we are busy with, uh, with uh, the new recording uh, with the new album. We um, had to, to do some stuff for the album um, that kept us busy uh, at some points in this pandemic. And um, we managed to, to uh, go ahead for uh, the, yeah, for the shitty, parts of the the pandemic you know when everyone's uh, everything's shut down and um so yeah we we kept ourselves busy and uh, doing quite good we are all healthy i think that's uh, the most important thing yeah i think it's a the funny thing is like as I, as you're giving me your response i could trace back to all my guests from like the one of the first podcast episodes we did how it, it's like the timeline how things first started when the pandemic happened it's like staying safe and healthy and now we're talking yeah. about things maybe opening back up. There's always that potential. <laughs> and, uh, you always want to keep it in the back of your head and make sure we don't lose sight of that. But um, I'm glad you're doing okay. You know, life as of late, all of us, well, at least majority of us have been away from the stage a lot, you know, fans and musicians alike. But Mathis, how are you keeping up your, you know, guitar chops these days? You know, is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for you routine-wise lately, if at all? Yeah, um, it did, actually. Because um, we, as a band, we, um, we, we never practiced too much, actually, because uh, we live uh, far spread in Germany. Our drummer has to drive like three or four hours to come to my place. Oh, my gosh. And uh, it, it's uh, kind of pain in the ass uh, to, to get to a rehearsal space. Um, so we, mm, we kept ourselves um, busy with, uh, with, uh, with the instruments um, when we played concerts and... Um, we practiced just in front of the concerts, um, and this is uh, something that it hasn't been in a while, I think. Um, but we, um, yeah, we captured to to record an album in the first uh, pandemic last year um, in April, and um, I think it worked quite good for us to to stay um, good in our instruments. <laughs> yeah, you know, speaking of concerts, you know. Uh, as far as that is concerned, you know, what Vulture, you guys have been around for half a decade in your 2015, maybe even longer, but you've been at it for, for over a decade, maybe even longer than that, might I add, even with your other band, Wife Beater, I believe. And uh, I wanted to ask, how was the touring life, live music experience for you, Matt, this personally? Because you've done some you've done some touring throughout your career. You played at Rockapalas, you know, Eiffel Open Air, the Abyss Underground Festival, and I, I think Metal Magic Festival as well. Yep. And now, you know, we've all been kind of just 
forced to take an unexpected step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Yes, indeed, indeed. Especially because um, we we still are um, on on uh, the list for uh, for some really great concerts um, this summer. I don't expect them to happen, to be honest. But um, there's going to be the Wacken Open Air, um, which is planned. There's the Summer Breeze Open Air planned, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're really excited to play these shows because uh, that's uh, basically what kept us um, making music to, yeah. to play live. Play shows. I think that's um, that's basically why we play metal music because uh, it's uh, something um, that belongs on stage. Yeah, I mean, uh, we didn't get into the metal music scene just to you know sit here and talk. You know, I mean, it's about the live presence. I remember when Vakken was postponed last year. It like we kind of knew it was going to be postponed anyway, but it's almost like you needed to see the words postponed to believe it. Like yeah. it really sunk in and. Was the first time actually ever. <laughs> yeah, at first, and like, I'm like, what? Uh, as long as metal has been around for you know fifty something years, or maybe yeah. something around that time frame. But you know, a very common subject that we talk about here on Interview Under Fire, and I think it'll be a common topic for a long time. And you've seen this; a lot of bands have been doing live streaming. You know what they're doing on stage and taking it to the screen, like we're doing right now. Um, obviously, these interviews will be in person, but you know, we've had bands on interview on a fire like you know august burns red and insomnium and and uh, a scour you know uh, all those bands they talk about how they talk about their experience on selling virtual tickets to the fans and they would stream a show you know they would pre-record a show or however it was would be more convenient for anyone to access it but the point i'm trying to make here mathis is with the amount of touring you've done with the amount of bands you played with the venues you've played in you know the fans you've met do you think that the rise of like the quarantined induced live streaming we're seeing right now from all these bands is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward like has it already been affected do you still see bands doing something like this even when we return back to normality i don't think it's uh, it's going to be something uh, in a long-term way um that bands are gonna gonna do these shows after the pandemic i think uh, for me it was a uh, quite exciting to see the first uh, shows that's been done in this way. I think there was a, a necrophobic show um, back in May 2020 yeah. or something. Oh my gosh, um, I remember that. That's ages ago, I feel like. Um, <laughs> but for me, it was, uh, for Vulture, it was never really an, an option to, to do this kind of stuff because uh, we like to interact with, uh, with the audience um, and that's what makes a show for us um, something special. Um, and I don't think uh, it's, it's really an option for us. What I really uh, enjoyed uh, recently was, uh, I think it was Enforcer, um, they um, released a DVD um, with a show. Uh, they, um, yeah, they recorded like a few years ago and um, they took a hell of, uh, of an effort uh, in the production of this DVD. And it's, uh, it's like um, they bring the show back to your um, to your apartment, I think it's a it's a really good time to do do DVDs. Uh, yeah, right and now. and mosh in your own room, right? Yeah. There's always that <laughs> there's always that freedom to do that. Um, but yeah, you pointed it out perfectly. Um, I, I didn't mean to cut you out there. If you wanted to add something to that uh, towards the end, but um, yeah, there is that freedom to mosh in your own room. But once you do the live <laughs> streaming, how much more creative can you get? There's always that barrier. There's always that wall, like. Yeah, uh, you want to be more creative to engage with the fans. And here's the thing about Vulture. Yeah, hell yeah, you're right. Interacting with the fans, that's exactly what you guys are about. And there's no, there's no wrong answer to what you just said because I've had 
so many artists who say, yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It still gets me a chance to engage with the fans, you know, and the followers. Yeah. And, and a lot of people would say, a lot of artists would say, oh, I'm not doing anything until all this is over. And there's always that uncertainty going forward. But now we're, we're kind of we're kind of on the other side of it, hopefully, I think, of this whole pandemic situation. And and that's definitely something to look forward to. Now, we talked about a lot of things already, Mathis. Let's talk about Deal and Death, man. Uh, it comes out May 21st on Metal yeah. Blade. Now, this is the follow-up to 2019's Ghastly Waves and Battered Graves. Now, here's the thing. Uh, if I may, it's quite the follow-up. From start to finish, I'm going to quote your guitarist, Stefan Castavit here. He said, uh, what is it? Uh, fierce riffing, uh, uh, halftone shifts, aggressive vocals, huge toms, changing <laughs> dynamics, horror sense, check, 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 check. Like mentally, <laughs> as as I was going through that list, I was listening to Deal and Death. Um, by the way, I've been listening to nothing but that album as of late. Um, it, it, you guys have really knocked it out of the park. It reminded me a lot of uh, your early years with maybe 2015, 2016, when Vulture first started to come to the surface. But with a twist of modern thrash in there also took me back to listening to 80s thrash you know riff after riff after riff the pummeling bass and the drumming the screams from leo like it all came together from songs like malicious souls uh gorgon which is my personal favorite uh flee the phantom the title track to the court of uh, caligula you know keeping thrash metal sounding fresh in 2021 which is not an easy thing to do considering this genre is what over 50 years old but i'm here barely hanging on to my neck to make sure I don't pull pull anything, you know, there's there's not a song on here that didn't make me not headbang, which is a good formula, <laughs> if you ask me. But anyway, I'm gonna stop talking right here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you right now. But walk me yeah. through this, Mathis. When did the writing for Deal and Death begin for you guys? Oh, that was uh, I think even before the release of uh, Ghastly Waves and Better Grapes. Um, oh wow! Okay, that far like back. Three songs uh, finished uh, just before the release of Ghastly Wave. Um, and already recorded a demo um, just before the release of Ghastly Waves. So we were uh, really stoked to, to write new material. Um, but uh, when I say this, um, you have to keep in mind that um, once uh, you record an album, it always takes some time for production, for mixing, mastering, and um, also the, the printing factory for the vinyls, for the CDs. And uh, it's it's a long time that musicians uh, just sit uh, in and on their on their um, yeah in the rehearsal rooms and wait. <laughs> yeah, and so I, we I, took this exact time. We took it and uh, and started uh, writing new new music. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was a six month writing period. Am I correct on that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, how much did things change from when you first started composing on Deal and Death to where you ended up? finishing it did nothing change in between did a lot change in between like did you guys already have a specific sound you had in mind for this album yeah um when listening to ghastly waves uh, we felt like it was um a bit confusing some at some points for for listeners it was a bit um hard to understand what we wanted to achieve and um we wanted to to uh, record the new album uh, we wanted to make it sound more direct. We wanted to, to be it to be more aggressive, and um, yeah, we wanted to, this vibe of songs. Um, and I think that's basically when we started, and we wanted to achieve this goal um, for all of the songs on this uh, new record. Yeah, yeah, you pretty much uh, checked that off mentally in my head as well when you said you wanted this specific sound. Now, as far as the production, you did touch on this briefly. 
it sounded very dynamic. It sounded very polished. I'm I'm kind of an audiophile these days. I'm very picky on how I want to <laughs> listen to my music, especially metal. I think metal is a very uh, I may be biased here. Uh, I may be subjective, but I think it's a very, very difficult genre to produce uh, when it comes to getting the music out there. Now, yeah. uh, speaking of which, it was recorded at Monkey Moon Studios in Dortmund by Alexander Stalker, the guitarist of Stallion, produced okay. by Marco Brinkman. How you guys talked about he's like the sixth member of the band, you know, over at Hellford Studio. Talk about those guys. I'm sure there was a sense of comfortability in the studio for you, Matt, this knowing that you had those guys working on Deal and Death with you. Is that correct? Yeah. Um... It was the first time for us to work with uh, someone else than Marco um, on the recordings. Um, and uh, he, he told us uh, Alex was, uh, would be the right guy for us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's always, um, if, if you're recording an album, it's, uh, it's uh, like uh, an intimate moment because uh, you, you do mistakes and all that stuff. And um, you have to have someone who's, uh, who's really into it, who understands it and uh, who's patient and calm. And I think uh, Alex was uh, just the right guy to, to handle us um, with, with all our mistakes that we, that we do. Um, you kind of need to have mistakes to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. I think uh, everyone every does that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was uh, just the right guy for this. And um, Marco, he visited us uh, in, the, in the studio, just checked uh, out if, uh, if it works well. And um, then he went uh, back to Herford Studios uh, for, for the mixing and mastering of the album. Yeah, and it was uh, done. Uh, we're, we're used to it, uh, to, to work with Marco. We know him, um, partly, partly know him since like 10 or 15 years. I think Stefan and Andreas went uh, to school with him, played in their youth bands with him. And um, so, yeah, we, we're good company with him. Yeah. Uh, when I say comfortability, yeah, definitely. You pretty much exemplified that uh, perfectly. Now, we got to talk about the album artwork. Now, please tell me if I'm butchering the name. Is by Vilio Yosto Artuti. Is that is that how you say it? Vilio Yosto, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm now, not sure how to pronounce it, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're both on the same boat He's here. Italian, now, yeah. I'm going to throw a pun out there. It was, it, it was a work of art. Now, as I'm looking at this album artwork, uh, this giant pendulum in the middle of this uh, dungeon, there's a staircase with blood, there are skulls. There, It doesn't get any more metal than that. I'm going to go and add that to that. <laughs> now, it looked very atmospheric. It, it also coincides with that story, uh, the pit and the pendulum, which we'll talk about here in a second. How did you know that Vilio, or how did you guys know collectively that Vilio was the guy you wanted to work on something like this? We worked with Vilio since um, our very first record, actually. And uh, I think uh, Stefan and Andreas, uh, they, um, they had a band before called Bulldozing Bastard and uh, they worked with him also. So um, uh, we, we didn't talk about any other artists actually, because we knew he was the right guy for, for this artwork. Yeah, uh, I really like the colors on it. I thought you're going to go, I think you're going to talk about more about this, but yeah, I, I, I get really excited when I, when I see something like an artwork or just an illustration because you know, uh, uh, when bands release something these days, everything's digitized. It's easy to download something digitally or whatever it is. But I still buy records that's in, sitting in the corner of my room. So um, just having like the artwork in my hand, I get I very I, I appreciate something like that. So like having someone like him, like Vilio, and putting kind of like your vision to like an illustration form. You have the music, but then when you put it on an illustration form, I think it just 
it draws it out even more on what yeah, especially if you is. buy vinyls and have the big cover Heck yeah you yeah. can check it out you know yeah, yeah i think yeah. it's a, and, and i encourage all the sword. yeah I, I encourage all the fans and listeners to check out that uh, please buy the record i mean that's easier said than done but um it really helps out the band now uh that single you guys put out malicious souls how difficult or easy was it uh, behind the thought process on choosing that song in particular as the first single? I think it was um, one of the easiest decisions concerning this album because it's a good appetizer for the album. It has uh, all those uh, typical vulture um, trademarks, so to say. Um, it has some cool melodies. It has uh, this uh, harsh and aggressive riffing. It has some uh, fierce vocals. Um, and uh, also, on the other hand, um, it's uh, something something new to it um, to show the new part, the new side of Vulture um, that comes with this album. Uh, if you compare it to Ghastly Waves, it's uh, more simple. It's easier to, uh, to access, uh, easier to understand. So, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to I was going to add, you know, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, like you talked about. Uh, this is something that I wanted to touch on. You know, we, I was going to say we're going to come back to this. The lyricism throughout Deal and Death, you know, it deals with, you know, classic horror stories, uh, movies and art. I'm a movie buff myself. And it's something that you guys draw inspiration from horror being that constant element throughout. Now, you have a song like the title track, Deal and Death, Edgar Allan Poe's The Pit and the Pendulum, which is my personal favorite short story from him. I remember doing a school report on, <laughs> on that on that when I was like in seventh grade. So when I heard that song and heard about the, how you guys drew inspiration from that, took me back. I'm like, oh my gosh. So it's, like a, it's like a time machine as I'm listening to that song. And then you have a song like Gorgon, which is, like I said, it was my personal favorite. You, It was inspired by the Greek mythos of Medusa. And then you have a song like Multitudes of Terror, which is more about the mind of a person suffering from paranoia. So I kind of want to just rounded out to this topic here you know how important are themes to you guys mathis you know then to what level do you guys like to have theme for your music is that more about helping you write or sound or is that more for the audience i think it's um something in between because uh, i think the lyrics to our songs um just uh, need to add to the atmosphere the songs uh, deliver we usually write first write um, music and at some point when we write the choruses we, we start writing the lyrics to the songs because it's easier for us to write if we have uh, some words to it um, but yeah it's uh, it's important that um, they carry the atmosphere the song has and um, the the atmosphere that, that we want to show with the music we play um, so you won't have any social critics with Vulture I think um it's just this this horror stuff and um that we yeah that we adore is it more like a go with the flow attitude with the team or is it like you guys already have something in mind beforehand oh we uh, we discuss about uh themes that we would like to write songs about um and uh, like stefan is a big big vincent price fan and he's uh, he's been watching mm. all those uh, movies i think in the last pandemic um and um so he you see how i like kind of like got excited right there i'm just like i'm itching to like talk about like that topic but anyway we'll save that for a different time <laughs> <laughs> but but, so, but yeah, we're, yeah we're discussing about uh, themes uh, that we want to, to write songs about um that would sweet to our music um but there's not uh, uh yeah a deeper dimension to it i think 
Would it be safe to say that you see deal and death as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life looking back? Uh, tough question, um, but uh, short answer, no, I don't think so. Mm. I think it's, uh, it's um, if you play in a band, uh, you write music and um, yeah, you know, uh, you develop at some point. And of course, it's, uh, it's, you develop as a person and you develop as a band, but it's, uh, I think there are no similarities to, uh, to where we stand in our lives uh, right now to, to the record itself. Yeah, I remember when I said how that song Deal and Dead was like a time machine, you know, for me, that was like a snapshot of like of my life going back. But um, but yeah, that that's a great answer that you talked about, you know, having said all that, you know, if you weren't a musician, I, I did think about this. Do you ever think about that? Like, what would you be doing instead if you weren't a musician? If I wasn't a musician, oh, damn. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. That's a good answer. <laughs> You know, it's funny, like, I, I always like yeah. to tell the story, like, I started off like uh, engineering and that studies, but I come from yeah. a music background, you know, it's like, it's yeah. like, uh, uh, what is that saying? Like, you throw a rock in like the river, but like the current will always fix itself. Like it is no matter what, I will always end up where I was meant to be. So yeah. I don't know if you feel that way. Like, there's no other way that you could have, you know, if even if you chose something else, yeah, you would mean, always end up back into music. I mean, I mean, music is uh, something making music is something that, um, that I've been doing for like uh, 15 years or something. Yeah. Uh, when I first picked up a guitar, I think I was uh, 12 or 13, 12, I must have been. And uh, it's uh, something that's uh, always been with me. So I uh, never doubted to, to not do this. Um, and even if, uh, if uh, this band would split up at some point, uh, I think uh, all of us will, uh, will continue to make music. Yeah, do me a favor. Don't do that. Don't split up. <laughs> yes, we, we need we need you here in the states, man. I can't wait for the. I can't wait until that day comes. You know, yeah. uh, Mathis, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in and which you've discussed about so far, whether it's, uh, you know, for playing for as long as you have and the people you've met and worked with during these three records, um, I'll even add your other band, Wife Beater, into this and the numerous touring cycles that you've done, and it sounds like you still have much left to put out there with the vultures artistic vision and yours you know this is definitely something you have a passion for and i feel like you've experienced plenty already in your career so have your you know aspirations met this have they changed as a person or a musician when you first started playing music in the industry like do you see things differently today Yes, of course, of course. Um, I mean, when we started making music, it was uh, just uh, to get some free beers at some uh, some shows. And, uh, <laughs> yes. To come around. And uh, I think this approach has, uh, of course, it has. Uh, it, it's different now because uh, we we like to to play uh, around. We like to come around. Uh, we like to get uh, to to know new people, but uh, but still, we want to to spread our music, and uh, that's. Um, it's um, more important nowadays than it was uh, when we started making music, I think. Yeah, and well said. Now, uh, Mathis, this has been quite the honor. We, we covered pretty much everything now. Uh, usually, <laughs> usually, usually I, uh, I, I end things off with a pretty um, fun note here. But since we've been kind of talking about like the elements of like horror and like movies and stuff like that, uh, sometimes I ask my guests, hey, what are your five favorite al albums? Let me ask you this. What are your five favorite oh. movies or maybe even books that you can think of at the top of your head if I were to ask you? 
I think it's uh, it would be easier if you asked me for music, actually. Okay, we could talk about music. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> All right, let's do music then, because I know we're talking about horror. Maybe think about the movies, though. Next time we'll talk yeah. about the movies. So five favorite albums <laughs> you can think of at the top of your head. Also, also albums is a tough one because uh, there are too many good bands, actually. And I think there are at least five Slayer albums that would sweet in this uh, in this list. <laughs> Um, Slayer, so Slayer, I, Slayer, 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 uh, Judas Priest is an awesome band um, that I really enjoy. And uh, I myself, I'm a really big Immortal fan, um, oh, which God, is uh, not, really, uh, not really a vulture thing, actually. Uh, I love King Diamond, uh, Merciful Fate uh, stuff. Um, that's for, um, yeah, help me out. Uh, King Diamond, yeah. King Diamond's a local, actually, around here, because uh, he always comes really? to, yeah, yeah. Really? Oh yeah, uh, here in Dallas, it's. Uh, I mean, if you see the tour dates in the states, Dallas yeah. is one of the, one of the first states or the last states. It, it's yeah. never in the middle. Um, it's actually pretty amazing. Um, I mean, here's the thing: you're asking me to help you out. I'm from Texas, dude. I'm always gonna say Pantera. There's always, you know, I grew up listening <laughs> to you know that sort of uh, like thrash and groove metal, like in the in the '90s. You know, uh, I remember growing up listening to you know Fear Factory, one of the first albums. Demanufacture will always sit sit well with me um uh metallica's master of puppets and you were in a metallica shirt i mean we haven't even talked about metallica <laughs> <yet. So. laughs> um, um but yeah it's uh but let me ask you this is there an artist that you like that maybe fans will say whoa really that that's different like something that maybe confuse maybe will confuse the fans is there something in mathis's discography or in his library that kind of like a guilty pl- pleasure that you can admit there, there are many guilty pleasures i think um yeah you, you may check out necro the the american rapper i love him what's it called necro okay i'm gonna have to i'm, I'm gonna have to I'll set that up for me now Necro. okay why have i not heard this one maybe i have maybe i'm just I'm drawing a blank right now maybe i have i think he's from from new york um okay he, uh, he's pretty harsh uh pretty pretty yeah um pretty is, i wonder is there is there a record that you're spinning right now like currently that that's like i'm really looking forward to, to the new necromantion album yeah um that's uh that's really uh something i i um, yeah look forward to um i've been spinning uh the last cannibal Corpse album in the in the last days i think it uh, came out just uh, last week yeah i really love it um they always uh, deliver great albums uh, still, even after being around here for like ages, thirty years or something. Yeah, um, it's it's funny you said that. We had we actually yeah. had Cannibal Corpse on Interview Under Fire. Uh, it was a couple months. Ago. Oh, really? Yeah, and we. <laughs> I remember I asked I asked Rob. Rob Barrett was the guy we had, and uh, great guest, great guy. He's been yeah. there since the start. Yeah. Um, what a talented musician. I remember I asked him like if they ever uh, a funny question. I asked him, Hey, you guys have done so many of these records. Do you guys ever run out of like? like names to call the album <laughs> like it's like it's like they've, they've called their album so like the wretched spawn and you know yeah. um, a torture and evisceration plague like it's like how much more creative can you get and of course they come out with violence unimagined of course they knocked it out again out of the park but anyway um if anyone well, hasn't heard that episode, yeah. <laughs> if anyone hasn't heard of that episode i recommend you check it out that was a great episode with rob but uh mathis this has been quite the honor man do you have any you know last words is any shout outs anything you'd like to plug in as far as vulture or deal in death. I believe you guys have a new music video coming out soon. Is that correct? Yeah, this is correct. Uh, it's it's going to be out uh, this Wednesday, twenty eighth of April. 
Oh, that's um, like two days. It, Perfect. It's in two days, you know. Um, yeah, it's um, it's going to be a bit of different at, uh, than than Malicious Souls. It's uh, more of a heavy song. Um, I'm I'm sure you like it. Um, I've heard the album. I know I like it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it's coming out uh, Wednesday, and uh, and where can where can the fans and like the followers give you guys a follow and all the support, like a, a website, social links? What can you give them? Go check us out on uh, on Facebook, uh, Vulture Kills, Vulture High Speed Metal, um, also on Instagram, uh, Vulture Kills. Yeah, and uh, having yeah, uh, having said all that, let's make a goal. It's always nice to have things look to look forward to. Come to Texas. We'll have a beer. I hope you guys book a show here and their uh, venues are going to start to open up here. So uh, you're going to have quite the welcome. And of course, I can't wait till we actually meet in person and talk about the day. Hey, remember when we did the interview during the pandemic? All right. Five favorite movies. Let's go. So <laughs> do your research for me and then we'll we'll get to that. Um, everyone who's listening, this is this is the talented Mathis Outlaw from Vulture. The third album, Deal and Death, comes on May 21st can't believe it's a month away but uh i it's gonna pass by in a blink i can't wait till that record comes yeah. out all the positive recognition you guys are going to get on metal blade records again i've said this before everyone who's listening please buy the album if you can because the bands can't do it without your help uh don't forget you can listen to this podcast on in this interview on every major stream out there uh whatever have you and you can check us out on interview on fire.com mathis you be safe out there in germany man you have a great night and uh let's stay in touch man uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll talk definitely. to you next time, buddy. Thanks, man. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.